Well, on Sunday, I will pick back up in a teaching. Very excited about this. I've been enjoying uh, studying this out as well. Grace and peace. And I just want to bid that to you tonight as well. Grace and peace uh, to you. And uh, we're going to dig more into that on Sunday. So you certainly want to um, be with us for that. Well, um, we've been talking um, about crisis and process. Anybody had any crisis since we last met? Okay. Um, If you haven't, then I I really need to talk to you. But we have little things. We have big big things. And um, that's a continuous cycle in life is that there's crisis and process. Little things, big things, a few things, one thing, you know, whatever it would be. And, and don't be disheartened by that, okay? And that's not, that's not doom and gloom at all. That's just part of the way that this whole thing works. The enemy would love to use anything that comes your way to just get you so upset. Uh, a preacher friend of mine said this. He's always trying to set you up to get you upset. And you just need to know, hey, it goes with the turf. You know, it goes with here. But we have a helper, uh, the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have wisdom that comes from above. Um, we have promises from God's word. And so we're able to process through all these things. And, and typically progress is preceded by crisis. You know, a lot of crisis that we have in our life, if we handle that right, we're going to end up actually better off, smarter, wiser, uh, a little more keen to some things going through that. Well, I'm going to divert just a little bit tonight, um, concerning how we handle this, um, Part of it, though, still on crisis and process, has to do with your words. And you need to understand that your words are very, very important. Your words are very, very powerful. And the words that you would speak even concerning your life, your situation, how do you narrate, how do you describe your life and what's, what's going on? Do your words contain some faith? Do your words... Uh, do they speak of victory or are they just doubt and doom and gloom and, and defeat? You need to really monitor that. But I'm going to divert a little bit from that on the, on the subject of words. A couple of weeks ago, I was in, uh, Pastor John and I had gone out to a, a conference for senior pastors and worship leaders out at Gateway Church in uh, Dallas. And it was a wonderful conference. And one of the uh, speakers is one of my favorite speakers, uh, Pastor Bill Hybels. Uh, from Willow Creek Church, Barrington, Illinois, up in the Chicago area. Really a pioneer in a lot of uh, wonderful things that are going on in the body of Christ. And he has mentored me uh, through books. And, and I think you can be mentored in, in that way. And I just appreciate his principles and his, his determination and just his love for the kingdom of God. I love that. And he shared some things that sparked some things in me. And so I wanted to kind of springboard off of those things regarding our words tonight. And uh, he shared a couple of things. And first of all, let me, let me go back and read this. Psalm 19, verse 14. Is everybody with me tonight? Psalm 19, 14. And I posted this this morning on uh, Facebook and Twitter. It says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. I think that's awesome. 
read it with me, would you? Could, could we put that back up, Terry? It says, let the words of my mouth, there it is, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now notice it said, let them be acceptable. And this is a a little quandary that believers have sometimes about we're doing things so it will be accepted of the Lord. Look at me, listen to me. You are already accepted. You're already accepted. There's nothing you can do to make yourself more acceptable because you were totally, I was totally unacceptable. And it's the difference that Jesus has made, the price that he paid, his love for us, that we are accepted, Ephesians 1, 6 says, in the beloved, capital B. Who's that? Jesus. We're accepted in in Jesus. So we're not trying to be accepted, but we are, because we are accepted, we are trying to please him. So that Hebrew word there, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. It's that they would be pleasing. And I think our words should be pleasing to the one who is our redeemer and our rock and our God. I think our words should be acceptable. I think they should be pleasing to him. And I've found that if you're going to love God, he's going to require that you love people. And if we're going to say we're going to serve God, you know what he's going to want us to do? He's going to want us to serve people. And so there's so much that we're going to find. If we're going to actually please God, there's some things that he's going to want us to do towards some people. So let's look at a few things here tonight um, regarding our words. These are some of the things that, that Bill Hybels had shared about our words being incredibly powerful. And I didn't get all the statistics on this. But Hitler, Adolf Hitler, deceived hundreds of thousands of people. And set up something in, with such momentum that, that just one of the most horrific things that's ever happened on this planet. Um, you know, the extermination of Jewish people and, and just hatred and war and just all the injustice that went with it. And that's on an extreme negative end. And then you've got um, Martin Luther King Jr., who rallied and did some wonderful things and changed the course, I believe, of our nation for sure, thank God, and, and brought to light that we're all made in the likeness and the image of God, no matter what the color of your skin would be. And all the injustice that's happened in the, in the name of that. And then you take a, a Billy Graham, who has preached to literally millions of people. And bless you. And has affected so many, you know, in so many ways. And then uh, Luther, Martin Luther, um, nailed the thesis on the wall and changed the course where Christianity had taken a horrible diversion and was actually getting uh, Bibles were chained to tables with behind locked doors and. You know, and, and grace was out of the picture. Faith was out of the picture. And, um, and all of these guys changed the course and the order of the world. And initially, here's all that they used. They only used words. They only used words. Think of all of those guys. And then Jesus shows up on the scene and really preaching, teaching. And then there were signs and wonders and Miracles and all the other guys had some corresponding things, but the main thing is words. 
And we have to understand how powerful words are. Your words are powerful. And let me just go ahead and get into the real life part of this here. You are shaped, you are affected, you are impacted today. How you view yourself and how you view your life largely has to do with words that were spoken to you, over you, about you growing up. I read recently that really we can only truly discover who we are by the words spoken to us by people who love us. And when people don't love us right or they're mixed up, they're going to speak words. And, it, and if we take those words, we're going to define ourselves wrong. Did you follow what I was saying with that? And how many of you probably have a few dents and kinks in your life because of words that, that were spoken to you? You know, and people said things to you that mocked you or, or put you down, hurt you, limited you, made you feel less than. And there's not a one of us in this room that that hasn't happened. And there are insecurities in all of us that we have because somebody said this, somebody said that. And, and I'll tell you the ones that hurt the most are from the people that you thought you should be safe with. There's just something that you innately understood. I should be safe with this teacher, with this coach, with this friend, with this parent, with this relative. I should be safe. And yet their words can come through and hurt us. So we can get healed of those things. Let me tell you who you are. You, you are who he says you are. So you're forgiven. You're created in the likeness and the image of God. You're bright. You're beautiful. You're good. You have a future. You have a hope. I hope y'all are hearing me tonight. And so... We are who he, I am who he says I am. Amen. But what do we do now? Well, we continue to grow in that. And as I've told you, a lot of ministry is not people repair, uh, prepare. A lot of ministry is people repair. But let's equip ourselves a little bit. Let's prepare ourselves a little bit and train ourselves a little bit so that we can use our words better Because you know what? Just like all of us have probably been hurt by somebody's words, limited by somebody's words. We've probably done that to somebody else. So let's repent of that. And let's equip ourselves a little better. And I want to share a few things that would be easy. It's going to be easy to to remember. And I believe that this will help us. And it's going to be pleasing. It's going to be pleasing. And it's going to be helpful. So first of all, let's let your words, let your words be few. This is going to be a a prayer. Okay. Everybody say this. Everybody say, let my words be few. Let's look at some scripture in Proverbs 10 verse 19. It says in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Proverbs 21, 23, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. <laughs> Proverbs 17, 28, even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he's considered perceptive. Let your words be few. I think we need to slow down and learn to self-regulate concerning our use of words. Some of you are uh, 
and I'll just use this phrase, chatty Cathy's. <laughs> well, I won't ask. But some of y'all, I'm just guessing based on previous studies. Some of y'all will talk to anybody about anything and you don't care how long it takes. And you're quick to talk and you're quick to speak up. And that's all right. It's all right. But you've got to regulate that. Okay, you've got to regulate that in a number of ways. You have, to, you have to honor other people's time. You have to honor other people's opinions. And you've got to be careful because Scripture says that in a multitude of words, sin is not lacking. The more you talk, the more chance you are going to have something. Well, you're going to sin. And then there's others of you. Let me just read your verse here. Proverbs 15, 28. The heart of the righteous studies how to answer. But the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. We don't even want to resemble the evil. The wicked that pour forth. We want to study. We want to regulate our words. And pay attention to that in in our own selves. And then there's others of you that are slow to speak. You, You know... You, you just don't speak up. You don't talk much. And I want to I encourage you. You have something to say. And don't be intimidated. Your voice needs to be heard. And so I pray that you'll find the courage and you'll find the right time to say what needs to be said. And a lot of it has to do with our personality. You don't have to change your personality, but you do have to pay attention to your personality. You're wired the way you are. Because I was talking to some people today and uh, their grandson, he's in first grade and um, he got another note sent home about talking too much in class, <laughs> entertaining the class, talking too much in class. And I told him, I said, listen, y'all take heart. He's just going to be a preacher. <laughs> and I've shared with you before when I was in, when I was in school, I had to talk, I had to entertain the class, had to check on things. If things started to lull and get boring, we got to fix that. I didn't realize that at the time, and most of my teachers didn't realize it at all. But it was just my gifts and callings kicking in at an early age, okay? And that's all it was. And I'm only joking, I'm part of that. But we need to self-regulate, and I think we need to be careful to let our words be few. And, and I pray that you never leave a situation and have to wonder, did I talk too much? Okay. So it'd be good to watch that. Secondly, let your words be truth. Meticulously true. Look at me. Truth matters. And we're in, oh man, we're just in such a weird day. You know, people think, well, if it's on TV, it's got to be true. Okay. Look at me again. Uh -uh. Well, I read it on the internet, so it's got to be true. Look at me again. No. And now we're in election season. And as if I, as I've told you, when we talked a couple weeks ago about voter ID and don't forget to vote. Okay. Early voting's open. And then next Tuesday, is, is big election day. Make sure that you vote, value your vote, vote your values, okay? But people, our culture anymore, our, our intellect is being fed and our decisions are being informed 
by sound bites and things taken out of context on uh, every campaign is doing it and it's just crazy. And so truth is not, uh, it's often not found, uh, in a lot of these, uh, ways that are being presented, but truth matters. So for us, let our words be what? Let, let them be true. Let's, let's look in scripture in Proverbs 12, uh, 22. It says lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. In Proverbs twenty five eighteen, a man who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a club, a sword, and a sharp arrow. You need to know from John eight forty four that the devil is a liar, and he's the father of lies, and there's no truth in him. And the Holy Spirit is also called the Spirit of of truth, and so we need to understand that we can tell the truth and the spirit will be more strong in our life. And so it's very important that even if it costs you sometimes, even it hurts a little bit to just tell the truth. And when you humble yourself and tell the truth, grace is released into your life. And sometimes we don't, we're, you know, we're just going to guard ourselves on all end and we end up lying even more. And we need to be careful that our words are true. Tell the truth and let the spirit of truth be strong in your life. Don't be loose with the truth. Correct in yourself as early as possible line. With children, if you're raising children or grandchildren, correct that early. Don't let people get into a habit of it. Because listen, there are people that are, I just got to say it, are habitual liars. They're casual liars. And you go, well, that's not me. But here's another thing that is the, is the first cousin of lying. You ready? Exaggeration. And and it happens all the time when you're telling your story and then suddenly your mind is saying, this isn't exciting enough. So you have to add to the story. And then the spirit of competition rises up in you, you know, and somebody caught a fish and you go, oh, yeah, I caught a fish that big with my bare hands walking on water. You know, we just, we just add on, add on, add on. And we've got to be careful. Listen, church, we've really got to be careful that we don't become casual with lies and with exaggeration. Guys, let me just tell you, hunters and fishermen, y'all be extra careful, okay? Should have seen the one that got away. And this is an important, important truth to go with. Protect yourself and protect your relationships from lies. In Ephesians chapter Four, verse 25 says, therefore, put away lying. Let each one of you say, that's me. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. Watch this. For we are members of one another. And what happens is lies corrupt, exaggeration corrupts. And we actually were members of one another. Actually in first Corinthians, where it also talks about that we're one. Like we're one body. And so why would you bring corruption into your own body, into relationships that you have? So it's important that we let our words be true. And then thirdly, let our words be gentle. Everybody say, let my words be gentle. Proverbs 15, verse 1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Verse 4 says, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. 
Proverbs 16, 21. The wise in heart will be called prudent and sweetness of the lips increases learning. Proverbs twenty two eleven. He who loves purity of heart and has grace on his lips, the king will be his friend. And let your words be gentle. You know, there's too many people that are just harsh and abrupt. And we need to make sure, and I'm going to add on something here in just, in just a few moments here to our words. But we need to make sure that our words are gentle. And even when we are correcting someone, you know, we need, we, need to, we need to come in in a gentle fashion and not just, you know, come in right away with accusation and berating and what were you thinking. It's been said that the, in, in difficult conversations, these are the three transforming words. You ready for this? Help me understand. Everybody practice it. Say, help me understand. Instead, what we normally do is we accuse and we attack. And sometimes we don't have the whole story. And so I think it disarms things to say, help me understand. Help me understand. And in doing so, come with the spirit of gentleness. And I believe that it will open the door so that we can have civil conversation instead of everything escalating. Okay. And then one last thing here. Let your words be life-giving. Everybody say, let my words be life-giving. Proverbs 10, verse 11. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Proverbs 12, 18. There's one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. And then Ephesians 4, 29 says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification, notice that phrase, necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. In the Amplified Bible, that verse says this, let no foul or polluting language nor evil word or unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others. That is as fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace to those who hear it. The Bible says there's to be no unwholesome speech to come out of our mouth. There's to be no foul, polluting, improper words to come out of our mouth ever. Ever. Okay, I'm letting that soak in. Uh, Bill Hybels told a story about um, his dad had a, a produce and fruit company. So they always had, uh, growing up, he worked on the shipping docks of shipping and receiving. So he heard all these dock workers. So he said he grew up and had to overcome what they call dock talk. Well, I had to overcome grandpa words. <laughs> my grandpa, I just thought he was an awesome guy. I won't, I won't go into the whole story, but my grandpa could not have been more carnal. <laughs> but he was fun. And I'm just this little guy. And, and uh, he, show, he gave me my own lighter. <laughs> I was four. 
And grandpa taught me words. Grandpa gave me whiskey. Grandpa only got saved two weeks before he died. Thank God he did. And I think he did a lot of it just to rile up my mom and my grandma. What are you doing? You know, and, but grandpa was my hero then. So grandpa said a lot of spicy things. So we called him grandpa words and I had to overcome grandpa words. And I'm going to tell you what, there are things that we picked up along the way. How many of you have not been a Christian your whole life? Okay. And you're exposed to things and you need to be careful because the world is just laced with things, lyrics and songs and, and things on TV and this, and it's become okay to say some of these things, but you know what? We've got to go back to what scripture said and what is going to be pleasing to my rock and my redeemer. And the scripture says, don't let any of that come out of your mouth. None of it. So we're going to retire doc talk and we're going to retire grandpa words. And you're thinking inside, well, I've just got that one word that comes out now and then. (laughs) Come on, how many of you have a word? Be honest. Come on, you got a word. We ain't going anywhere until you you fess up. How many got a word? How many got a couple of them, all right? All right, what are we going to do? We're going to retire them. That's it. We're done. We're going to ask God help me. Help me not say it. Don't justify it anymore. Don't justify it anymore. Because we need to get this out of us and instead just have life-giving words. Amen? Amen. Regarding other people, regarding our life, regarding our situation, our prayer needs to be, Lord, let my words be few. Let my words be true. Let my words be gentle. Let my words be life-giving. And I think we need to be intentional about it. I wrote this down. Let's intentionally use heart-filling, soul-expanding, vision-clearing words when we speak to other people. I think we should, in our interactions with folks, when they walk away, they feel better. We've, we've imparted grace to them. We've, we've added life to them through the power of our words. Uh, we have a little saying, we've had this around my house as long as I've had kids. We either build up or we hush up. We either build up or you hush up. And sometimes we just got to be quiet. Because if we're not quiet, we're going to say the wrong things. And so we need to take our time with this and let our words be few and let them be true and let them be gentle and let them be life-giving. I want to give you a couple of phrases that we're going to practice. You need to practice and employ these in your life, okay? Here's, Here's a good thing to say. I believe in you. God, let's, let's say it all together. I believe in you. And you know what? You can say that to your children. You can say that to a friend. You can say that to your spouse. You can say that to somebody going through the hardest of times. I believe in you. I believe in you. Here's another one. I trust you. Could we practice that? I trust you. Here's another one. I need you. Say it. I need you. Here's another one. This is a big one. I'm proud of you. Say it. I'm proud of you. Here's another one. Big. I'm here for you. Say that. I'm here for you. And here's, here's, here's one that people have a hard time with. I respect you. And you know what? I've had, I've had some really good dialogue, some real good conversations with some people just in the last month that we don't see things the same way. But because I truly did, and I had it settled in my heart, 
uh, help me understand why you think this way. Help me understand how you believe this. Nonetheless, I respect you. I respect you. And in doing so, we build a bridge to other people, and especially in a politically charged season. Let's not lose respect for each other. Just because somebody didn't see things just like you see them. Let's don't chop down all bridges between people. Everybody else is created in the likeness and image of God just as much as you're created in the likeness and image of God. And I think it's very important if we're ever going to have progress with each other and relationship with each other that we're able to say, you know, I don't, I don't see that this way, but you know what? I respect you. I respect you. And I think God can work in a situation like that. And then finally, probably the biggest three words ever spoken that need to be spoken is this. I love you. Go ahead and say it. I love you. And that's an important one to say. And you need to say it often. And you need to say it to your spouse. And you need to say it to your kids. You need to say it to your friends. You need to let them know, I love you. I love you. And you know what? God is love. And he's our father and we're his children. So we're in the family of God. So guess what? God is love and love is God. So we're not just in the family of God. Guess what? We're in the family of, of love. I got to tell you a cool story real quick and then tell you another cool story. Um, we had our, my daughter's wedding. It was out at a, a beautiful farm and God was so good with the weather because uh, it was not supposed to be good and it ended up just perfect, just beautiful. And I've never prayed so hard in my life. <laughs> and uh, the photographers were from um, Jacksonville. My daughter had found them. And uh, she had a lot of friends that are photographers. But she had other friends that had been married recently. Said, don't use a friend for photography for your wedding. Because you want to keep them as friends. So she saw their work and enjoyed them. And they came down. And they're from Jacksonville. And... Uh, toward the end of the night, the husband of the photographer, and he was a photographer as well, talked to one of my sons and said, now help me understand this. He said, we're real busy. We're booked all the way 2013. We're booked into 2014 already. And we do weddings just all the time. And he said, and we've never seen people like this. We've never seen people get along and laugh and love each other so much. Like, did everybody already know each other or what? And said, well, a lot of them do. And then some from the groom's side and bride's side and all that. And they said, we've just never seen it. So what do you think it is? And he's asking my son. And, and he said, well I'm, well, I'm not real sure. And then he, he said this. He said, is it your faith? Is it your faith? And my son said this, and I thought this was a great answer. He said, I think it might be. And he said, tell me about your faith. And he said, because I'm Catholic, but I'm not even a practicing Catholic. So tell me. And he said, well, we believe that God is our father, and he just loves us so much. And he wants us to love each other so much. And he goes, I think it's your faith. And you know what? That's the highest witness is that we would love one another. That we would love one another. That they would see and say how they love each other. That was Jesus' prayer in John 17. He said, Father, that they would be one. That they love each other so that the world looking in could see 
and know that you did, in fact, send your son. And one of the greatest ways that we can show our love to each other, yeah, being kind and all that, but it's our words. Our words. Let's make up our minds, our hearts. Uh, I don't ever want to hurt anybody ever again with my words. Would that be your prayer as well? How many of you read the book or saw the movie, The Help? I recommend it. I just highly recommend it. And I'm kind of sappy anyway. I'm prone to cry, and I cried. I'm a man, though. I'll fight any of you guys. Kick. But I just, I was looking up, make sure I had all my facts right. And in a little article, it just said it right. So I'm going to read this, and then I'll close. It says, if you've read the book, The Help, or seen the movie, you know that you is kind, you is smart, you is important is a memorable line. After the character Abilene uh, witnesses the child, Mae Mobley, that she's caring for, being hurt over and over again by her mother, she decides to do something about it. Every day she tells the young child in her care something good about herself. Several scenes in the movie and the book bring us to Abilene holding baby girl Mae Mobley and saying, you a smart girl, you a kind girl Mae Mobley, you hear me? You is kind, you is smart, you is important. And as soon as Mae Mobley learns to talk, Abby is having her repeat this self-affirmation. And when Abby is forced to leave the household, she reminds Mae Mobley one more time of these words, you is kind, you is smart, you is important. And I just want us, as children of the Most High God, given the power of speech, we've got love inside of us, let's make our words count. You know, if you, every time you went to the grocery store, you ran into, you ran into the aisles and knocked stuff down with your cart, your buggy, and you're hitting people and bumping people, after a while, they're going to take your cart away from you. <laughs> and if that was the case with our words, there'd be none of us able to talk anymore. But let's reel it in. And our prayer tonight, let your words be few. Make them count. Let our words be true. Truth matters. Let our words be gentle. And let our words be life-giving. Amen? Amen. Our words really do matter. And you is kind, and you is smart, and you is important. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight?